Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. We hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless. Okay, so this morning we're a presence church. Anytime we try to do present or do church outside of doing presence, we're going to fail miserably. And I feel the presence here this morning. So I'm not feeling any failure. We're going up and forward, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to embark on a subject that is probably every pastor's least favorite subject. However, saying that, I believe that it's also imperative to teach correctly. We've seen it taught perversely too often. At CFTN, we are all about seeing you transformed, seeing you changed, and seeing you become everything that God has destined you to become. And in doing so, it would be, we would be amiss to not talk about generosity. Amen? So this morning, we're going to embark on a journey. We're going to talk for the next couple of Sundays, we're going to talk about giving, okay? The correct way of giving. The New Testament way of giving, okay? We're all on board here? See, one of the things I believe that we were created for is to be generous. We were created to be generous people, all right? If you look at Christ, he is our ultimate example. He never went anywhere there was a need that he didn't meet it. If the person was willing to receive it, he met the need. Okay? That is how we're supposed to live our lives. If we're, if at all possible, if it is within us, we can meet a need, we are to work towards that need. And in doing so, we open ourselves up to an opportunity to feed and to seed for the kingdom. Every time you meet a natural need, it gives you an opportunity to meet a spiritual need. Because generosity, how many of you like to be around generous people? Yeah. yeah. The rest of you are liars, and you can repent afterwards. <laughs> we like to be around generous people. And God has created us to be generous people, okay? And so sometimes in our lack, or in our feeling of lack, we will tighten up the proverbial belt on our generosity, okay? So we want to talk this morning about one of the types of givers that the Bible talks about. If I ask you, I bet if I ask anyone here, how much is the tithe? You'd all have an answer. Okay? So just somebody spit at me. What's the tithe? Yeah, 10%, right? Okay. A wise man once told me that I actually I heard it somewhere. He didn't tell me. I heard it somewhere. But that the tithe is Old Testament, and it is, honestly. Okay? And that the Old Testament is the least that we can do. And the New Testament is the best that we can do. Okay? So I'm not saying don't tithe. I'm saying that don't compute it to a numerical value that you placed on it. Because I grew up that way, and I still have to fight it. 
when I look at my paycheck, and I'm, I look at my paycheck, the first thing I think of is how much I'm going to tithe. And what do I do? I just take off a bunch of zeros, right? 10%. Phew, there it is. It's nice. It's clean. It's no thought. There's no talking to God about it. It's done. See, the New Testament talks contrary, and he paints, it's, it totally paints a radically different picture of generosity and giving. And I'm not just talking about, I want to talk, I don't want to just say it's monetary either. It's also your time, okay? Are you giving God 10% of your time because you're required, or are you giving God everything that he, the Spirit tells you to give? So, like Rick said, like I said, he had a million dollar a million dollar statement when he said that we should be able to change our plans if at all possible if I'm doing a recreation plan I can change that plan if it means to minister to a need to be part of someone's life to go to someone's graduation to their play to a child's play I don't care if the kid is three I've learned that as a father if I don't show up to my son's kindergarten thing he notices okay so it meets a need for him to feel accepted is this making sense so just as every other area of our christian life we're talking about we're going to look into the in the book of hebrews really little quick glimpses but just as in every area of the christian life the new covenant shows us a better way to live but it also shows us a better way to give Okay, so in the entire theme of the book of Hebrews is about a better way. The entire book, and I'm going to give you little uh, excerpts, and then I'll give you the the scripture that goes with it. A better hope, which is in Hebrews seven nineteen, a better covenant, seven twenty two, a better promise in Hebrews eight six, a better sacrifice, Hebrews nine three, a better country. Hebrews eleven sixteen, a better possession, Hebrews ten thirty four, and a better resurrection, in Hebrews eleven thirty five. The whole book is God providing something better, a better way, a better way to live, a better way to give. So, I think if we'll let ourselves, we'll allow ourselves as we study this, we can look inside of ourselves and figure out. How we're motivated. Today it's all about being a motivated giver. How we're motivated. How are you motivated? And I believe the New Testament gives us three areas that are three different motivations that we should look at. The first one is a better way of giving that's motivated by God's unconditional love. So, unconditional love. How does that look? I think a fun question to ask a non-believer, if they're like adamantly, they don't believe in God, there is no God, I'm an atheist or whatever. The, fun, the funnest question you can ask them is, what is it about God's unconditional love that you don't like? I bet they've never been asked that. But I bet they can't answer it either. Because how can you say that unconditional love isn't something that we'd favor, that we'd want? See, I personally find the absolute relentless love, God's unconditional love, is so foundational 
in my life that I would do anything. Who here would do anything because of God's unconditional love? Okay? And Jesus expressed it this way. In John 3, 16, he said, For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. Okay. So then, how is our response to that unconditional love? What is our response to that? In Matthew 10, 8, it says, Freely you've received, freely give. Okay? So, are we freely giving because of the unconditional love that God has for us? How many of you feel unconditionally loved? Okay? Yeah? You feel like God loves you no matter what you do or how you've done it or where you've been. Okay. That's good. Because that's what we're all about here. Okay? Now, Jesus was, I'm going to paint a picture here. Jesus was sitting with his disciples kind of off to the side of the synagogue, and he's watching these people give their, give their offerings, right? And I can just, I can imagine that, that he told his disciples, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you something here. Something's going to happen here. I'm going to teach you something. So these rich guys probably walked along, had their servants carrying their, their uh, booty in the, not their booty, but their, their bounty, in the chest, and they're carrying it over there, and they're dumping it in there so everybody can see how much they give, right? And so, all right, I got to get the crowd back. I got to get the crowd back. So, so Jesus says, now look at this. And I can imagine there's this little widow lady, probably was on a, on a crutch or a stick, and she walks up there, and she drops two mites into that. And you remember Jesus said, now look at that. That's true kingdom right there. See, she didn't just give what she could afford. She gave everything she had. So it's not mathematical. The mathematical minimum. Do we want to be minimalists? I like tiny homes. Do I live in one? No. Being a minimalist is all right. But when it comes to giving, we can't be the minimum. We've got to be the maximum. So, so he says, look, look at that little widow, and she's dropping two mites. That's what it's about right there. This is a teaching moment, he said. See, the reason many believers are not significant givers is because they're not significant receivers. We'll let that sink in a little bit. So you've never really fully understood the extravagance that God has placed on your life. How wonderful he thinks you are and how much he loves you and where he's brought you from. You don't, if you're not a significant giver, you're not a significant receiver. See, the widows that had the two mites, she, she understood something. See, it was more than what I, what I count out and have. It was, he's done everything for me. It's all his. And he'll take care of me. Because how many know that she, it was hard for her to live. That's why the Bible says that the gospel, the raw gospel, the, the true religion is the taking care of the widows and the orphans. Because they can't supply for themselves. And yet she's willing to take her meager means and put it on the altar for God. So... Until we freely receive, we will never freely give. There's an old saying, he who truly loves gives all, yet sacrifices nothing. 
If you feel that every time you drop a dime in the tithe box back here, or every time that you give a second of your time, every time that you take off a Saturday morning to go help and do something, when you feel that that is a sacrifice, you probably need to do it more. You need to receive what God has given you so that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Because it said, like that saying said, that he who truly loves gives all, yet sacrifices nothing. Amy Carmichael made a quite a profound observation when she said, one can give without loving, but one cannot love without giving. One can give without loving. Honestly, that's how I see the tithe. It's a mechanical thing. See, sadly, and, and, and I, I beat up on the tithe a little bit because people in my position have used it. People in my position have used it to draw from you, to suck from you, to grab everything you've got. Okay? That's not what we're about here. See, sadly, many believers give without loving because they were ordered to. They've been manipulated to. They've been threatened to. Or they've been pressured to. How many of you enjoy tithing when you've guilted into it? And, and I know that you, some of you that are new here probably wonder, well, you don't pass the, you don't pass the tithing basket. And that's purposeful. Because we want to be New Testament givers here. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. And if that basket gets passed in front of you, okay, here, you don't have to raise your hand because I'm just as guilty as you guys. But who has stuck their hand in the basket with nothing in it just so people see you sticking your hand in the basket? Yeah. I, I, I agree. I'm not there anymore. I absolutely. The point being that you were guilty. I wasn't taking anything out of it. <laughs> but the point being, if you're guilted into anything, it isn't from here. It isn't from the spirit. Okay, so point two I'm going to make is better way of giving is motivated by Jesus' amazing grace. How many of you believe that Jesus had some amazing grace? Okay, no matter how angry you came this morning, he's got some grace on you. All right? See, God's unconditional love and Jesus' amazing grace are like two sides of the same coin. Okay, one is grace and one is love. God's love leads to Jesus' grace. See, Paul said it this way in Romans 5, 8, when he says, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, unconditional love means that I don't care what you do. I don't, know what you, I don't care what you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you were in whatever lifestyle you were in or whether you're in that lifestyle now. See, I'll love you unconditionally. I love you no matter what. Because why? Because of Jesus' grace. Because of the grace that he showed me when I was in that same place, doing that same thing, pulling me out of the miry clay. See, you have just, you have the same access. You're just a different place in the timeline. So I can love you because that's where I look at you from. See, do you remember when, when Jesus was in, he was dining with Simon, right? 
And back then they laid down to eat. I, I still, it baffles me. I can't imagine trying to lay down to eat. But they're dining, right? They're reclining and dining. And this sinner walks in. This woman walks in. Horrible sinner. And she starts weeping over Jesus' feet. And she's wiping his feet with her, with her hair. And then she dumps all that expensive perfume all over his feet. And Simon is like appalled. He's like, Jesus, you're letting her touch you? See, then Jesus explains it this way in Luke 7, 40 to 47. He says, and Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 dinar and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom you forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has forgiven little, loves little. What he's saying is, is the person that has been through the most and been brought out, loves him the most. But I want to tell you that every one of us, I don't care if you were saved and filled by the Spirit at eight years old and you've lived your life the entire way, he has helped you out of it just as much as the person that has just recently come out of a, a life, lifelong style, a lifestyle of drug abuse. No matter what it is, he's given the same amount of grace to both people. See, he, Simon was not looking at it correctly. Jesus was telling him, well, look, you know, no, it, you're, you're right. In the humanistic view, he did love him more, but we should both. I mean, I don't care how much you owe somebody. If they give you a, a receipt and say it's paid in full, you're like, yeah, right? See, the more grace we receive, the more we're motivated to give. And I found that in my own life. When I was going through our, our financial troubles, and we were in the deepest, darkest part of that, uh, many people gave to us. Many people helped us out. Many people brought us, brought us out of that. And coming out of that, I am way more loose with my finances, the little that I have now, than I was when I had more. Because more grace was given to me. See, if we see ourselves as generally good people, how many th- see yourself as generally good people? Okay. If you see yourself as generally good people who are just in need of a spiritual fine-tuning when you come to church, just a little, just a little tweak. I- I'm a good person, but I just need a little tweak. And there's a few areas in my life that I just need a, a small touch. But you know what? I'm just looking to Jesus to finish it off and polish it and make it shiny. You're going to find yourself with little motivation to give. Because, see, we simply cannot see where we were. If that's our attitude, if we just need a little spit shine, if we just need a little, little bit of Jesus, I just need to feel good today, that's all I need, we're not going to feel motivated to give. Now, if I feel like, man, this is all of it. You know, I, I live for this. You know, Jesus' presence with me is everything. If I, am, if I know that everywhere he is, 
I'm all right. And I'm motivated by that. I'm going to give everything I got. Because I got news for you. It ain't yours. The Bible says you're just stewarding it. Okay? See, we, how many of you are, are kind of computer literate? You like computers, okay? All right. And, and apps and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, Morgan's laughing back there. So everybody knows what an add-on is. If you get a software package, there's little add-ons you can add on. Well, if you look at Jesus as an add-on, if you look at Jesus as something I can just add on to my life to make it better than what it was yesterday, I'll just put that on there. You know, I'll just, I'll just download that today because I need a little bit more of a pick-me-up. And we don't realize how complete he's made us. I got news for you. You're going to tip him. How many of you have used the valet service when you park your car? Ever? Yeah? Okay. So we've all, pretty much all of us, at least you know what it is. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little example. See, when you, give, when you give your keys to a guy, he takes it over there and he parks it so you don't have to walk to your car. And then you go and give him a ticket and he brings you your car back so you don't have to walk, right? That's an add-on. That's something that made your life easier. It makes it nice. So you're willing to tip. You don't give him his salary. You're just willing to give him a little bit of extra. Here, you know, you kind of sometimes play with the palm of your hands. You slide it in there and make it all... It might just be a wad of ones, but you want it to be, you know, something special. But that's a tip. That's something you give out of compulsion to make that li- because he made your life just a little bit easier, okay? But see, God's not into the tip. He's really not. How many, how many of you know God wants it all? He wants your all. Everything that you've got, he wants. At least he wants it available. I'm not telling you you've got to go empty your bank account. As we go further into this, I'm telling you, I want you to talk to God about it. Unless we fully appreciate how desperate our condition was, where we've been, and where he's brought it. Because we, we learn to forget about that. I'm glad I can forget some of my past. I really am. But I can never forget how Jesus pulled me out. The next point is that we, the, be, the better way of giving is motivated by the Spirit's guiding. Now, we put a lot of emphasis on that here. We are a spirit-filled congregation. We believe that the Holy Spirit is alive. We believe that he's guiding us. He, we believe that he is a person within you to make life better. And so spiritual guiding of everything is freedom. Because if I walk with and by the Spirit, and I do things by the Spirit, I'm free. Because I know by faith, that he's going to take care of it. So if he asks me to do something crazy, outlandish, I know that he's going to take care of it. Paul confirms in, in Galatians 5, he says, that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm that, no, or that do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. He's talking about the law. In Romans 8, 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. See, once and for all, we're finally free of that. We're finally free of 10%. We're free of it. See, what I bring now doesn't have a numerical value other than the guiding of the Spirit. We're no longer subject to the law. 
In Galatians 5.18, Paul says, you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Therefore, it's like a GPS system. We could just put it on autopilot and say, God, what, what do you want today? What do you want me to give today? What, what time should I, what resources should I give? Where, who should I talk to? Show me. If this one encounter makes me 10 minutes late to my next appointment, you're going to take care of that. Because you're leading me to do that. I will give of my time when you ask of it, because you're going to make up for it in the future. How many of you have ever stopped and talked to someone thinking, man, I'm not going to make it to my next meeting in time, but I feel compelled to talk to this person. And you still end up at your meeting on time. Yeah? God, God can take, because see, we don't live in this block of time. We don't. We're not, we're not constricted by time. God can hyper, phew, we can be in two places at one time. Yeah? Well, remember Philip? He prayed for the guy and boom, he was somewhere else. Bam. So why are we worried about the 10 minutes that it takes to pour into someone and to encourage them so that we don't make it to our next meeting? Because if God's asking you to do it, he's going to take care of it. See, being led by the Spirit is prominent. It's paramount in our life. If we're not led by the Spirit, then we are just going through a machine motion. So, let me ask you something, man. If your wife came to you and said, Honey, I expect a dozen of roses on the kitchen table every Friday by noon, or there's going to be all problems to pay. So, would you feel compelled by love to bring those roses on that table every Friday at noon? Now, being a loving gentleman as we are, we probably would for fear of the consequences. So, we may bring them and set them for the first three days or every first three weeks. But I can tell you that I would probably say, Jaden, I forgot to get the, the roses for your mom. Can you stop by the store and get 10 or 12 roses and put them on the table? Be there by noon. I would start delegating my authority. It would no longer mean anything. After a point when you are guilted or demanded or manipulated into doing anything, you stop. If you, don't, you may not stop the action. You might not stop the action for fear of the consequence. You may not stop tithing. Your 10% for fear of the consequence. After all, Malachi says that you'll open the, the windows of heaven. Do you not want to be blessed? Well, of course I want to be blessed, so I'll at least give 10%. So I'm going to do it as a machine. But after a while, my machine means nothing to me. I just do it. Am I making any sense? Eventually, my wife, how many know that after... A month of that, my wife is going to care less about those roses anymore because it doesn't mean anything. Because I'm not doing it out of the heart. So she's surely not going to receive them. 
So let me, let me put that in the same perspective as God. Do you think that your gift to God mathematically produced 20 years down the line is a blessing to God? If you've done the same thing for 20 years straight, is God going to view that the same as Dina would view those roses after four weeks of him being there without any heart behind it? I will tell you that my wife is not necessarily a gifts person. As far as, she, that's not one of her lo- major love languages. She likes gifts. But I guarantee you, if I did the same thing over and over and over in repetition, I marked it on my calendar to the same thing. I, I'm going to this day give this every month. After a while, it doesn't mean anything. It says something in the Word about vain repetition. It's not about, about talking, but I think it means a lot more than that. I think if we do anything in vain repetition. See, there's a better way. There's a better way of living, a better way of giving. We're walking by the Spirit. We're having a relationship with God. We are listening and asking. Ask Him. He'll tell you. And what's cool about it is it's your team. See, he wants to work with you as a friend, as a son, your team. He would love for you to say, God, okay, what am I supposed to give today? All my bills aside, what should I give today? If we gave what he wants us to give, it would transform your life, I promise you. I've heard of ministers that give 90% back to God. They live on 10%. And they are very wealthy. Now, why do you think they're that wealthy? I'll let that sink in. Do you think they got there and then decided, oh, I've got so much money, I'll just give God 90%. I can live on 10%. you think they got there that way? No, no, they worked there. I guarantee you they gave 90% long before they could afford to give 90%. So what I've been talking about this morning is what, is, what motivates you to give? See, it's not, it's not a numerical formula. It's not, it's not how much your dad told you to give. See, my dad would have been good with a 20 in the, in the offering box. It didn't matter if he made 4000 that that month or that week or whatever, it was 20 bucks. But it's the same thing. It's all done out of compulsion and, and something that's being, you're, you're being compelled by either the pastor giving a really good offering message. Give, pledge, more, more. Or is God telling you, hey, whatever I'm, let, let's just use this church. This is good ground. And this is a good place to sow into. This is what God's telling me to do. And maybe it's your time. Maybe you don't have an abundance of finances, but you can give of your time because this is something that God is laying on your heart. And God's, God's talking to you about it. And it isn't something that you've learned and you've just forgot. So are we motivated by his unconditional love? Are we motivated by his, Jesus' crazy grace? And are we motivated by the Spirit's leading in our life? So, the next time 
we think about giving, giving anything, ask your st- don't ask yourself, how much do I have to give? Ask yourself, how much do I get to give? Because I promise you, if you truly are living by faith, you know that he's going to take care of whatever it is. Whatever you feel is in lack will be taken care of if you follow and are obedient to his, his, his will. Amen? So stand up. I want to declare something over you guys. So get in, in the receive mode. The receive mode is put your hands out and close your eyes and just receive whatever God has for you this morning. See, I declare, I decree and declare that lack breaks off of your life. See, lack is so much more than, than just what you have. It's a mindset. I decree and declare abundance. God is an abundant God. He, it says that he gives us from the abundance in heaven. We believe that. And I call forth the abundance in your life. I thank you, Lord, for unlocking the treasures. I unlocking those, those hidden things in each one of these people. Father, I thank you for giving them destiny to greatness. Lord, I thank you for releasing in them a generous spirit. I thank you that, Lord, whatever they do over in, in the rim country this week, over the next month, over the next year, that everything is done out of generosity and love. Because, Father, we know that you have loved us unconditionally. You have given us unconditional, unmerited grace. And you, Lord, through your Spirit, talk to us every single day. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes. Lord, we know that from this day forth, we accept your abundance. And we accept your generous Spirit. See, this week I was thinking about it, and I was talking to God about it. I was kind of murmuring. Do you guys know what murmuring is? I was kind of murmuring to God. I was saying, God, you know, you're a God of abundance, and you're God of more than enough. But I am tired of living with just enough. And how many think that he came back with, well, what are you going to do about that? it's kind of a paradox we need to be generous before we can we plant that seed of generosity before we reap and I want more than enough not just enough you know we all say we want to be a blessed we want to be blessed so we can be a blessing but when the blessing hits isn't it amazing how often we need so much more So the question this morning is if how much would it take how much would God have to give you to give $10,000? 100,000? 10%? Or 333,000 which is the average Christian giver? want to challenge you that if God gives you $10,000, if God gives it to you, if it's, if it's a suddenly, it's, I want to challenge you that it shouldn't take more than $10,000 for you to give $10,000 if he leads you to do that. It ain't always going to, I'm not telling you, you always have to give everything. That's not God. He doesn't always do that. But when he does, are we obedient to do that? So Father, I just pray over each one this morning. I thank you that you've blessed them. They're blessed and highly favored in your kingdom, Lord. You love them with an unconditional love. Father, I just thank you for, for just showering your generosity, your love, 
help them feel how much you really truly love them and how they are your favorite Lord Father as they're released into the room country Lord I just thank you for giving them the heart of the Father in Jesus name Amen Thank you guys for coming this morning we want to leave the altar open if you have something that you need prayer for feel free to come up and we do want to pray for you Uh, if not thanks for coming we love you see you again thank you so much for choosing this podcast from cftn Payson. we are church for the nations in Payson, arizona we are bible believing church and believe god has a word for you today you can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791 god bless you